There are bag rats. And then there are caddies. Baby. Pro jocks who are legends in caddy shacks across the PGA Tour. While we can neither confirm nor deny the existence of this legendary looper, here he is, the caddy on Real Golf Radio. Can't ever get tired of hearing that, right? And we welcome in America's favorite caddy. What's up, caddy? Yeah, that that if that doesn't pump you up and get your day going, I don't know what does. That's a a great theme song did i ever send this to you like did you make this your ringtone i can either confirm to deny Mm. the uh phone number that you could call to discern (laughs) that oh man can you imagine if you're if you're just uh sitting there with a group of people and all of a sudden your phone rings and it sounds something like there are bag rats i mean that would be pretty cool right yeah, that, that'd be a highly downloaded ringtone if it was one. <laughs> right. Oh, man. So, Caddy, we were just looking at Nick Dunlap in the middle of his second round. You know, that's a, there's starts and then there's birdie, bogey, eagle, par, par, eagle, as in hole-in-one on the seventh. That That's pretty good. You know, there's some been some low numbers. Not only just Nick Dunlap, he's charging a shot back as we speak, but... There's been some low scores out there. I didn't think the bear trap was supposed to give up 66s and 65s and that kind of thing. So the physical change to the course, the fairways are a little wider. Now the rough is down, according to my intel. The rough is down. Mm. So it, it, it goes back to the same old story, though, and I haven't watched it yet, but you know what it is? If, it's, if the greens are holding... That place relies a lot on the wind, right? It's a condition-driven yeah. scoring golf course. And and so, yeah, but they softened it up as in widening the fairways a little bit, letting the rough down. Number 10 is now a par 5. It's about 20 yards longer than it was a, as a par 4. So that's going to make the red numbers four shots different than last year when it's not too much different a hole. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, if 14 under one, it would have been 18 now so i i'm gonna guess that the gent kindler gentler pga national idea was look i think some guys don't play there because they don't want to get beat up Mm. it was a i mean it was always one of the toughest courses on floor and the wind can really blow there and it's really tough when it blows through that bear trap it's hard enough as it is but man so condition specific that is the that's the thing. It's always condition specific. So talk about the bear trap. Talk about what makes those holes really difficult. Well, the the number one thing is, is when you have a left to right green with trouble on the right, think of 12 at Augusta, think of 14 at Mirafield Village. And that, the, that describes the two par threes in the bear trap. Um, for a right-handed good player, which most door players are, um, the pull hook is the miss. And when you pull hook it, it goes long left and that's definitely missing the green. And now it's over the green and a hard place to get it up and down from, which are those two bunkers or the hill on 17. And if you float it, it's going right in the water. So it's just a, it's a much easier hole for a left-hander, just like 12 at Augusta is. And 14, it's a hard shot. When you have a lofted iron going to the left to right green, 
and you got a hazard short right, that is a that's a prescription for high scores on a short hole. And you can go to ten at Riviera for the same idea, same thing. So that's just a design. That's the number one thing is that is a difficult design for a lofted club, and then you throw the wind in, and it makes it that much harder. So there you go. Okay. Breaking yep. down the bear trap, right there. America's favorite caddy. I like it. Yep. Hey, so do you want to you want to get into the topics of the day that we're hitting? Topics of the day. Yeah, uh, it sounds like a game show. Ding ding ding. Yeah, it is kind of a game show. Well, it seems like it's turning into one. But here's the thing: is it is this has been a week of live players and and their their in, increasing grievances that seem to be coming to a head. Whining. So we've got Taylor Gooch suggesting that if Rory McIlroy were to win the Masters and the Career Grand Slam, that there ought to be an asterisk, which actually Rory handled the situation, I thought, really, really well. And then there's Bryson DeChambeau saying, they can't keep us out. And if the players stop playing, what, what, who, what's going to be left of golf? And Ian Poulter says, look, the way they treated me, they didn't want me a part of this, and I don't want any part of the Ryder Cup. I mean, it just is kind of a... It, and we ended up with an interesting conversation with Jeff Rude that talked about relevance and how he interviewed some of these old players that used to be greats and they were old now and how and he referenced Tom Weiskopf who told, thanked him for, for calling to talk to him and remembering him. This was uh, several years ago. And he said it really kind of resonated with him that these players kind of missed the spotlight. And it seems like the players, and we talked about this two years ago when all this was going down, Regardless of how much money they're making on live, they're short on spotlight. They're short on the stage, and they are kind of feeling those same feelings that maybe Weisskopf and some of the other guys were feeling, but way too early in their career. I don't know. What's your What's your thoughts on some of that? 100% in agreement with that idea. Absolutely. 100%. I don't understand... Um, J- I think JT had a good way of describing why he wasn't interested in the lives. He said, basically, look, I like my life. I got a ton of money. I don't even know what I'm going to do with it. And I just want to compete and I want to compete on the tour and I want to compete. And, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I don't understand it. Um, when they say, Oh, well, I need to think about my family. Okay. So you've got people with $50 million net worths basically telling me, but I'm a failed individual because I'm never going to make that much money and I can't take care of my family unless I make more than $50 million. I mean, I, so you can throw the money part right out the window because everybody going there has a ton of money. I mean, you know, you, you can always argue, well, how much do you need? Right. Okay. Well, you don't need very much. You get shelter and food and taking care of some things. But so I, I just, I don't get it. Everybody's got their own mindset though. They, we're in a free country. So why you, why you choose to go from freedom to being told what to do? I, I wouldn't do that. If I'm a, if I'm a high profile golfer, who's going to get a hundred million dollar contract. That means number one, I'm worth a lot of money anyway. Number two, I get to make my own schedule playing the PGA tour. I have complete freedom. Why would I give that up? Now I got to play when and where someone tells me to play period, period. I don't, there's, there's, there's no freedom. Why am I giving all that up? And I, I don't know. I definitely have a, uh, I definitely have a, <laughs> an opinion on this. Um, 
but yeah, giving up, giving up, um, that's what's fun. One of the fun things about playing tournaments is getting the crowd into it and, and all that part and, and being on the stage. I think everybody likes being on the stage. Even, even the introverts like a Ben Hogan, he probably liked being on the stage. Yeah. Why else, why else is he out there playing? I mean, that's what it's all about. So I think you have a good point. I feel like, man, if I'm Taylor Gooch, I'm sitting there going, because Taylor Gooch is good, and he was getting good on the tour. He's getting real good. And might Taylor Gooch have won five majors? I don't know. We'll never know. We'll yeah. never know. Might he have won 10 or 15 tour events? Maybe. Probably. We'll never know. That you know, and, I don't know that I'd want to give that up because look, if I'm that good and I'm successful, I'm making a ton of money anyway. Yeah, on the tour. Yeah. So I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. You know, and Taylor Gooch, um, you know, Rocco Media came out and said, you know, for for Taylor to make the comments regarding Rory and an asterisk if he wins because not all the best players are there, but all the best players that have gone to live. You know, the ones that are Masters champions are all playing in the Masters, and the ones that have won recently majors are all playing in the majors. Um, it, it's only him that's not playing, so to speak. Um, the other thing is um, Rocco Media came out and said, wait a second, you got the guy that was the number one player last year on live, and he's not even in the majors? He said, first of all, that's an embarrassment. And second of all, you know, be quiet. Don't you've won once on the PGA tour. Where's your relevancy? And, and what makes you think that you can make comments about, you know, the, that the majors need to change and, and make the top 12 on the PGA tour exempt to be playing in all the majors or not the PGA tour live tour exempt to be playing in all the majors. Taylor said some interesting comments. I think the very first event, he was standing there in an interview with DJ and Patrick Reed and going on and on about, it. I've never been at a Ryder cup, but it, it can't be this good. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's just like, I mean, at that point in time, I mean, I mean DJ had to turn away cause he was starting to laugh when he said, you, you know, maybe, uh, just as some counseling here, I'd say maybe don't keep making these comments anymore. <laughs> just a thought, just a thought. Um, That's true. He compared that live golf event to the Ryder Cup atmosphere, the atmosphere at live to the Ryder Cup. So the fact that he already has made that statement probably disqualifies him from making future statements. That's probably what, that's that's kind of the way we should look at Taylor Gooch going forward. So I'm searching for any more Taylor Gooch comments because they're quite entertaining. But that's not. You know, keep it up. Let's go. Wait, I can't wait for the next one. So Bryson DeChambeau also in a podcast with Jerry Foltz was talking about the official world golf rankings and how that the system is broken. Basically, he he's essentially saying that the system is broken because it doesn't accommodate them. Um, I think I've got that. I think I've got that quote here. Hang on a sec. I'll play this for you. So see if I can produce on the fly here. All right, so so here's what Bryson had to say about the, the official World Golf Rankings. They say, oh, they haven't done said one thing or the other. Not doing anything is, is deciding, and that's frustrating. You know, they um, said you need certain requirements 
We have fulfilled all those requirements despite what everybody thinks. If you go look at their handbook, we have fulfilled every single uh, criteria. It's been over two years now. What's going on, guys? Uh, I guess I don't have their handbook here, but uh, let's see, the, the, the lack of kind of in and out entry to the, the 54 holes, the no cuts, uh, yeah, I don't think they've quite fulfilled all the requirements for the official world golf ranking. And here, here's the thing that comes with it is they, somebody decides to start something new and then the whole system around the game is suddenly wrong or outdated or needs to be fixed just because someone else decides to do something else. I'm all for these guys wanting to do whatever they want to do. Go do it. Have at it. But don't now think that the rest of the system and how the game of golf is should change to accommodate whatever thing you decide to go out and start. That's the that's the part I have the problem with. Well, there are just people who have certain attitudes of entitlement in this world. And the players made a decision, knowing what the current situation was, knowing where things stood, it didn't take a rocket scientist to understand that they're probably not going to get world golf ranking points. And so again, this is what you give up for more money in your bank account. It's that simple. And you can moan and groan about it all you want, but I'm never going to cry for anybody who flies around on their own private jet and who chose to remove themselves from competitive golf. That it's nobody forced these guys to retire from competitive golf, essentially. And that's their choice. And so you can go ahead and moan and groan about it. And, you know, look, I I believe, and who, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to see all the best players in the world playing together in as many events together as possible? That's, mm-hmm. that's fun. I want to see Bryson DeChambeau playing in an event in a competitive golf tournament. I, I want to see DJ playing. I'd like to see Taylor Gooch playing. They're all really good players. The problem we have is, at this point in time, is as we go along, how do you determine who the good players really are a year or two from now? Are they still really that good? I mean, I would think they are, but the only, the only barometer we have now, and the only barometer we really ever have, is head-to-head competition when everybody's involved. Yes. Where does that happen? Where's that happen? Tour. It happens yep. at the majors. Well, it happens at the majors now. Yep. Right? Yep. It, everybody, everybody, well, guess who's not in those majors? Taylor Gooch. He can go try to qualify for the British Open or the U.S. Open. He could try to get in those the way everybody else does who's not eligible. Um, and I hope he does. Um, but, that's really the that's the current barometer, the current way of judging is, is let's look back at the majors from the last two years. Bring you know, how did the live guys perform in those majors? Well that that's all we really know about how good they are. That's it. And that's what Bryson there's said. Kind of, there's kind of not another way, um, currently. And they get world golf ranking points when they play in a major, don't they? They do. They do. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's how you get your world golf ranking points. You play or in an event the Asian that qualifies tour. for. Yeah. Or go play. Go play the Asian tour. Go. Yeah. Go. You can. You can go get the points. You know. 
Look at what Joaquin Neiman did. That's why he got invited to the Masters. Yep. He got invited, by the way, right? Well, yep. what was the criteria Fred Ridley stated? He, he didn't say any. Fred Ridley didn't comment. He didn't make any. There was no mention of the live in that invite. It was a mention of nope. how well he played previously in the Masters as the number one amateur in the world and how well he played. Uh, he won the Australian event and then how well he played in the other events, and that's why he got the invite. So good for that. Um, it can be done. And, yeah, I mean, I, I get it would be nice if they could figure out a way how to rank the live players, but I think that's a very, very difficult thing to do, unfortunately. It's a small little group of 40 guys or whatever it is, 50 guys, whatever the number is. It's a small little group. They're playing 54 holes. It's not really like a golf tournament, in my opinion. I haven't been to one in person. Um, but it's, it's just, it's so different and it's a small little group like that. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to apply the, the ranking system. I don't know how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're spot on good stuff as always caddy. We appreciate you taking the time and, uh, we'll catch you next week. Thank you, gentlemen. There you go. That's the caddy right here on real golf radio.